Welcome to 1363 and Me. I'm Mr. Krishna. I'm a chemistry teacher. And you know me. I've been on this thing for four or five episodes already. I'm Mr. Palacios, and I try really hard to teach Algebra 2 here. Great. And this is a podcast from the staff to the people of the Bronx Center for Science and Mathematics. Yeah. Who's our guest today? <laughs> we get on a rhythm. Who are who's you? Your, who's your guest? It's me, Miss Fletcher, your parent coordinator. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, tell us how you doing, man. How's everything with you, man? How, how, was, how, how you been the last two weeks since we last spoke? You know, I'm hanging in there. It's like this weird, I go back and forth because one minute I'm like, yeah, I'm on top of the world. I feel like I'm top, on top of my stuff. The next minute I'm like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. So that's, that's how I'm doing right now. So, so give me, so give me one highlight and one low light then, because since you all over, so, so give me one highlight and one low light. The, the highlight has been like everything the office hours have been a highlight. I had a great session today with some students and uh, we had some great conversation. It's not just about like, oh, learning the stuff. I actually got to like know some people and it was great. It was great. The low light is like, man, when I get home, that work isn't going to do itself. I got stuff to do and I just have to grind it out. Next thing I know, I look at the clock and it's like 830 and I'm like, oh my God, woof. So that's, that's the highlight. That's the low light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I guess, you know, I feel like the last couple of weeks, since the last episode, I feel like I've been um, slowly getting uh, some structures in place with, you know, it still sucks. You know, it just, it sucks, but I'm starting to notice some connections and the glue, so to speak, uh, between uh, the students and myself. And, and so that kind of has me motivated um you know i'm still i'm just getting exhausted with email and you know it's just oh my god so much email so much uh it's just it's just exhausting to just open my computer like it's just one move just boom but just opening my laptop is just it's just so exhausting these days <laughs> to do that so um but but i'm excited for the couple of initiatives in the school as well um actually you know a couple of weeks back i forgot to mention this man it got me pumped there was a couple uh couple alumni and, and some students reached out about the, about this podcast right here and said some positive things about uh about what we're doing here so that was also very uplifting i want to you know who you are if you're listening you know who you are we appreciate it man so Anyways, Fletcher, we want to check in with you as well. How you doing, Miss Fletcher? How's everything with you, man? I'm doing pretty good. It's Friday. It's Friday to everybody else. It's Friday, and today I'm super excited. I'm excited because my daughter is coming in. She is actually surprising her younger sister because this weekend is her 21st birthday. So we are going to be a family this weekend. And, you know, the only scary part about that is that she is flying in and I'm really concerned about her getting here safely and then going back home safely and not transmitting anything or catching anything. So I'm a little leery and scary about that. But otherwise, I am just as pumped as you, Mr. Krishna. I'm so excited to see my daughter. Where is she flying in from? She's flying in from Tampa. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm really excited to see her. I haven't seen her since last December. Before all of this pandemic started, you know, we were able to celebrate the holidays with her and we had the greatest time. Um, and I haven't seen her since. Thank God for FaceTime and Zooming like this. Right. I can see her and my grandbabies. You know, other than that, I had a pretty busy week. We had uh, uh, our parent elections for our executive board this week. And boy, that was trying, but it's over and done with. And on Monday, we will officially have an executive board for BCSM. Wow. And I am excited because there were a number of people who really stepped up to the plate. A number of our parents really stepped up to the plate, which is a first for me. Wow. Now that, first of all, that's all really exciting to hear, Ms. Fletcher, and I really hope that, um, I'm so glad that you're getting a chance to see your daughter after almost an entire 365 days. Yeah. That's number one. 
And then you were also just mentioning all this awesome stuff that's happening with, you know, parent representation and things like that. And that leads me to, that's, that's my very first question for you. Segway. How, how did you get to BCSM? Like, how did, how did this start? Um, I got here actually after having lost my job after years. Um, one of your staff members, one of uh, your APs, and I have crossed paths in the uh, past. And um, through her, I was able to get an interview here and here I am. And in fact, this December will be six years. Who knew? Six years. Who knew? Wow. So this is my fifth year. So you came in right before me then. I did come in right before you, Mr. Palacios. Wow. And what did you you do before? So like- Well, before I was, you know, part of corporate America, you know, I don't want to tell you how many years of employment I had with my last employer, but I honestly thought I would retire from there, but that didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I was a case manager. And at the end, I left there being office manager for several years. I worked with 125 employees. I worked directly with my facilities manager and with building uh, management. Wow. Um, well, kudos on almost uh, six years to the date coming together. And I think all of our listeners really want to know what goes into being a parent coordinator? What are the ins and outs of the job? Because it's a glue that really holds the school together, but I don't think people really know what the job description is. Um, I don't think anybody knows what the job description is. <laughs> That's part and of the reason why you're on this podcast. Because we as want to- you know, as you know, it here it's whatever it takes. <laughs> so, you know, it depends on the day. Today I can be your parent coordinator. Tomorrow I'm your procurement person. Mr. Palacios, Mr. Krishna, when you have a supply demand or you want to request something, who do you go to? You know, I'm going right down in the main office to the left. Okay. So, you know, every day is a different day for me. Every day I wear a different hat. Um, Today, again, like I said, it can be parent coordinator day. It could be procurement day. It could be pupil accountant day. It could be, you know, a SPED day working with uh, Ms. Friedman and the SPED team and trying to get uh, uh, through to parents, interpreting for them. Um, It's just a host of things. So, a lot of things that goes on in the day here. Yeah, you wear many hats. I mean, I mean you just you, you do a lot for us. So I guess, you know, going back to, you know, what you were doing before, like a case manager, office manager, and corporate America, and how you transitioned into a very different, well, I mean, you know, schools are often run like businesses, especially, you know, in the DOE. But what, what made you, what drew you? to the school settings in particular? Because it is, it is similar, but it's also very different. So I'm just it's wondering- It's extremely what- different. It is extremely different. Um, having come here, I have to say that um, I did get a lot of assistance from the person who, who was my predecessor, as well as the procurement person for Eximius. They actually um, transitioned me into this role, into both roles, and um, it took me a while. It took me a while because in corporate America, things are a little bit more simplistic, cut and dry, to the point, and direct. I think the DOE is, doesn't run that way. Hmm. It's you know, a lot of gray areas, a lot of guesswork, not a lot of training, um, but these two people did mentor me here and help me along the way. And through my six years, I've gained a lot of experience with people like yourselves, having asked questions. Um, my direct supervisor, the counselors here are great. Um, I've learned so much from the SPED department as well. So everybody that I have interactions with has helped me to grow in this position parent coordinator or not. Well, I, I, I always feel like, Miss Fletcher, you're always like 
anticipating the next move. When something's happening in the office, you'll see somebody walk in, you'll be like, okay, I know what they're going to ask me right now. Let me get this sheet out. I know exactly what they're going to ask. You're always a step ahead. And that's something I, I think that's something everybody appreciates about you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I know you've helped me many a times with the copy machine. I remember, I mean, I haven't really needed it lately, obviously, but yo, I remember last year, there was a couple of times, it was like five minutes before the period and this thing was broken. There was pieces flying everywhere. And Fletcher was like, just come over here and do this. You just got to tighten this and close this and boom. And then it worked and I had my quizzes ready. So there you go. <laughs> you take, you got your patient, you got serious patience and you take care of people when they go down there. Now, I got a question specifically about like the parent aspect of the job. What are some particular things that happen in that regard? Okay, well, the start of my day starts with answering any calls. Right. You know, a number of the calls are from parents. They either have queries, they have an issue, they have a problem, um, they want some information, they want to know how to track their students' activities. There's a host of uh, questions that parents come to me with. So, of course, that's part of my job. So answering the phone calls, answering the emails, reaching out to the parents on my behalf, either on you know my behalf or you guys as the teachers, or again, any of the other teams that are trying to reach a parent, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to facilitate you guys, the parents, and the students. So that's one thing that, that really stands out to me is like, because I, I often feel like you're the lifeline to the community, like to, to our local community and how just how often you interact with parents and you answer questions and you feel their concerns and, you know, you direct those concerns to certain people in the building or whatever. But, you know, I just that, that's one of the big reasons why I wanted you. I felt like felt really strongly about having you here on the podcast is because just so important of a role you play and connecting our school to our parents, you know, and how little shine you get for that in terms of like credit. Cause I feel like teachers in the building, like it's always about teachers, teachers, this, this. But I feel like the role you play at BCSM is incredibly important, but it's not really talked about as much. I know I didn't, I never really think about, you know, before this, before the last couple of years when you and I have interacted, thought about um, the parent coordinator. Like it's just not something that was, on my radar and I didn't realize and appreciate just how much you do for us. Well, thank you. On a, on a lighter note, I have to ask with all the times that happened in the office, what, what is the funniest thing that's happened in there? Oh God. <laughs> well, I think it's a running joke and I don't think he would be offended because it even came up once this week. Oh my gosh. All right. And, and, and it just tickles me pink every time I hear anybody recant it. Um, apparently, Miss Reels had asked De La Rosa to go out and get her some chips ahoy. And perhaps you haven't heard this joke, but again, it tickles me pink every time. And so Mr. De La Rosa comes back and says he couldn't find any chips ahoy in any of the stores. He could not find any potato chips that were called Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the funniest things. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh, that, that's great. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I can't imagine all the stories that, that must be coming out of, out of the main office. And you guys are kind of like a fab four. Uh, you, De La Rosa... Miss Julie, Miss Quinones. If each of you guys were like a cartoon character or something like that, what would you pick? So that's a hard one. That's a hard I, one. I, yeah, I can't think of anybody. Growing up, did you watch cartoons growing up? Yeah, I watched the Flintstones. Call me Wilma then. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Wilma. <laughs> well, actually, a lot of people used to refer to me as Alice from the Honeymooners. Mm. wasn't a cartoon right it's a sitcom but you know that's who i was growing up alice <laughs> you get up growing up um you know that makes me like where did you grow up like where 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 are you coming from like what are you representing and uh yeah tell us a little bit about your roots 
Okay. Well, I was born and raised here on the Lower East Side, which, um, gee, X amount of years later, you can refer to the Lower East Side as Lower East Side, Lower East East Village, Alphabet City, and, you know, good old New York. That's where I'm from. And in fact, that's where I'm still from. I didn't leave the neighborhood. Wow. Yo, tell, tell me more about that because I'm fascinated when I meet people that have been born or raised in a certain area and basically live there, you know, forever, you know? And so I want to hear what that, number one, why that's like, the rationale behind it, and, you know, the, just the community that you, that you, you know, that, that connection to your community that you have that I think very few people can understand. And so um, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, let me just say this. I am a true New Yorker and I, I love New York. I don't think I would ever leave New York no matter what happens. Okay. Not to say that I wouldn't um, snowbird because that is my ultimate plan. I will definitely snowbird, but I would never give up my dwelling here. So I'm always going to be a New Yorker at heart. Now I grew up on the Lower East Side, like I said, and I grew up in the projects. Okay, I'm the product of a public school system all the way through, even through BMCC, you know, public school all the way. Um, I have to say that in retrospect, I think I had a great childhood, even though we didn't have a whole lot. And in fact, I had a, um, a very short conversation with Ms. Clarl this week and how much teens and kids uh, right now, how much they've lost out. Um, their life is nothing more than just a device, a computer game or a computer. When we grew up, it was about outdoor fun. It was about the park. It was about going down the slides, swings, okay? Monkey bars, playing skelsies, roller skating, hula hooping, um, you know, what's I the, remember, yeah. What's the most dangerous thing that you did? Oh, climb those six feet fences <laughs> and cross the highway because we lived right on the highway. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, and the most dangerous thing that I ever did was walk the train tracks. Oh, my goodness. Hold on, hold on. I got to back up to cross the freeway because I can, anybody, I can cross the train tracks. You know, if ain't no trains, but you, you crossing the freeway, Fletcher? Walk us through that. Walk Listen, through. I, I lived right on FDR Drive. Oh, and there no. was a bridge there. But if you wanted to beat everybody, you would cross the highway. Oh, man. oh my gosh. Wow. You know, you do foolish things when you're a kid, right? <laughs> that's for sure. Crossing the freeway. Yeah. But the most but, dangerous but thing not... I ever did was, was uh, walk the train tracks. We walked. We actually walked from the last stop on the L train on 8th Avenue, 14th Street to 6th Avenue. Okay, yeah, you're talking about the subway. For some reason, the I'm subway. talking about the LIRR or something. You're talking no, about no. the subway. Okay. No, the L train. Oh, my God. Oh you my went goodness. in the tunnel and stuff? We walked the tunnel oh from one whole station. <laughs> okay, I'm, like, feeling scared just thinking about that. Because you got like the third rail and stuff, but you know <laughs> no, no, we didn't we didn't think about that at that time. We weren't thinking about that. Y'all saying some good old New York City rats up in there? Like, what, what <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness! Wow. Now, I got I got one other question. Um, I don't. Are there any like neighborhood restaurant? I'm a I'm a big food guy, so I have to ask this. Are there any neighborhood restaurants from back in the day that are still around? Yes. We actually have one authentic Puerto Rican restaurant in my neighborhood. Nice. And the name of the restaurant is Adela's. 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 Yo, so if you're ever on the Lower East Side, Avenue C, between um, 6th, I'm sorry, between 5th and 4th Street on Avenue C. It's a very small restaurant. It's been there for a lifetime. Wow. They've really been cool. highlighted quite a bit also. I can see Krishna. He's, he's going there this weekend. Going oh, yeah. The, the yeah. gears are turning. It's a what, very small restaurant. What's the usual for you when you go there? The usual? Yeah. Um, I eat pork. 
okay. try not to eat it as much, but I do eat pork. That restaurant, they make the pork chops almost as good as my mother used to make oh. them. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. So, so Fletcher, you, 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 you took us through a little bit of your dangerous past with running across freeways and <laughs> walking the subway tunnel. Like, what the? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and, but you did mention also that you were public school proud and that you, you born and raised public school all the way through. And so being a part of a school system and being a public school right now, I got to ask, what, what were some of the early experiences in school for you, like growing up? What were some of the things that like what's a memory that you that you hold on to from your early childhood within a school setting that you could tell us about? You know, the. The most memorable thing for me was and I, I but I don't remember if I was in kindergarten or in first grade. But my class was out in our schoolyard at the time. And we were actually planting a tree. We were planting a tree. It was a very small um, piece of garden there. And we were planting a tree when the PA system came on. Okay, it was a, a really big alert because the PA system sounded outside as well. And our teacher, she had a meltdown. She started crying and screaming and we were all rallied up together. Unbeknownst to us, JFK had been assassinated. And that's the, the furthest memory I have the, of school. That's one thing that I will never forget. I would never forget that day. I can't, I, I mean, for me, when I, when I was hearing you saying that right now and, and I couldn't help but think of a parallel for my own life. I was thinking about 9-11. Where that's one of the most profound. I was in high school when it happened. A similar kind of a parallel in terms of the tragedy, you know, tragedy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's profound. Yeah. And at the same time, and at the same time, you know, there, you know, we used to have to hold hands with our partners as we lined up. And I would always hold hands with the same boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Fletcher get a little spicy up in here. <laughs> it's I just remember funny. his name. Oh, his name was Alex. Alex? Alex? His name was Alex. All right, Alex. If you out there. He had beautiful <laughs> curly hair and light blue eyes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fletcher has all these childhood memories of walking train tracks, <laughs> partnering up. Um, first memory is JFK being assassinated. I think back to my first memory. My first memory is like, oh, I remember seeing Lion King in theaters and being scared. <laughs> yeah. That's probably my first memory. <laughs> I remember putting, uh, putting in kindergarten, putting the ABC blocks together. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was yeah. yeah, but imagine that that was pretty impactful. Um, having seen a grown up have a meltdown in front of you, yeah, nobody knew why, you know, yeah, nobody knew why, yeah. And and I can remember back then because my mother actually named my youngest brother John because she just she loved JFK, she loved JFK, and she named my youngest brother John behind that and back then you know most people really honored their president and most people's household had a picture of the current president and i remember having a picture of jfk in my house it was for everyone i mean I, it, it was a first for so many people you know i guess people my age that was an assassination of a president that was a first yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, I guess while we're just thinking about all these <laughs> sort of profound things and, and whatnot, I just, what I was more curious about as well um, is thinking back to those days, did you have a, thinking back to those school days, thinking back to those memories, <clears throat> did you have like a favorite subject in school? 
I didn't. No, not really. <laughs> I didn't. All right, so I'll put but it. I, 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 I I'll tell you what I, I used to enjoy, and I think that it was, you know, again, I look back. I'm a grandma now, and I look back. Um, back then, when we had English and reading, they used to have these things, these boxed materials. They were called SRAs. And they, they would come in, uh, in different color codes and the color codes would escalate. So you'd start like some, maybe like in a light blue um, and you gradually went up to the orange, yellow, purple, whatever colors they were. And it was just a card. You'd read a, uh, a text, some kind of context. And then you'd have um, like on the flip side, Q and A. Those things were great. They should bring stuff like that back. Was it like a card that you would, you know, like if you could read that card and answer the questions, you could like go on to the next one? Like it was like a reading. Exactly. Comprehension. You would gradually progress to the next color. But every grade had that. Yeah. Every grade had that. And and that's how you built your vocabulary. You know, your, you, you developed your reading skills, your memorization, all of that. All righty. Well, I guess... Continuing with school stuff and going kind of back to work, how would you say that work for you has changed ever since this whole pandemic hit? You know, while we were home, I felt like I was working until the wee hours. Yeah. And one of the reasons for that is because the kids were allowed to log in all the way up until close to midnight. And part of my task was making sure that the kids were in attendance. But because they could log in almost till midnight, I'd be watching. I'd be looking at my screen periodically, you know, even after having clocked out, I keep looking at the screen, wondering who logged in, who didn't. I had a chart. In fact, I bought my spiral notebook, you know, that I kept from all summer with all of my notes. Goodness. And trying to figure out who was coming, who wasn't coming. Who am I going to crack down on tomorrow? Who didn't log in, even after I called them 10 times? So my job was kind of endless all summer long. Now, well, it's a little different now. How, how is your, um, I mean, yeah, your interactions with parents now as well. Like, you know, especially parents are, are, are wanting answers you know, they're, 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 they're scared, they're frustrated, they're uncertain. Um, it's how, been how challenging. Parents? Yeah, tell, tell us yeah. a little bit about that challenge. It's been challenging because I myself, I have to try to understand what they're going through. I mean, I have my, my youngest daughter's in her last year of college, okay? And I, I see how frustrated she is working from home. I hate to see how frustrated she is with her professors with not having accurate information or maybe not being able to log in. And I hear this from the parents all the time. Either they don't have a device at home, they're sick and tired of their kids telling them they're logging on and they're not, um, that they have homework, they don't have homework. They're unclear about the pods, even though we've sent them out, we've sent them uh, these schedules. Um, they're still unclear as to why the kids have gaps in between their schedules. You know, why are they sitting there and not doing anything? And what is Friday about? So, yeah, it, it becomes a little challenging to understand the parent, their frustrations at home, trying to monitor their kids and trying to, you know, keep their life going as well, working from home or not working from home. So, yeah, they kind of rely on the school and answers from the school to kind of help them understand exactly what this process is with these pods and this new virtual learning. What would you say is the most frustrating thing throughout all of this? The fact that some kids still don't have devices. Mm. Yeah, it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate. The fact that they don't have devices and so many don't have Wi-Fi. Right. So it becomes, you know, ever more difficult for them to use a phone or having to move around. 
not being in one place at a time or even having to leave their immediate area to try to get some kind of reception. Yeah. So like staying with the pandemic, I also kind of want to bring in the other pandemic that's happening with the social and racial kind of unrest that is taking over this country. Um, you know, how have you been personally affected by maybe either one of these pandemics um, just in your own personal life? And how is it, how has it touched you? Cause it has touched all of us. And so how have you been um, touched by what's happening in the world right now? Well, you know, when we, when we got back to school, um, I, I think it was Ms. Barack. Yeah, it had to be Ms. Barack who handed us back all those envelopes that we filled out before we left the school. And I had just thrown it on my desk. I hadn't even looked at it again. And the other day I, I said, you know, this got my name on it. It has my name on it. Let me open it up. And it was my own letter. And back then what I had indicated was that it was going to be a hardship for me not to be able to embrace my daughter in my own home. You know, how hard it is not to be able to hug, kiss, and just cuddle with your own kids because you're so scared. You know? How, how, how are you, how are you coping? I mean, how did you cope? How are you coping um, with, with that part of your life now? Um, it's still difficult because I still, we still kind of like have, not that we've drawn apart. I mean, we air kiss, you know, there are times where, yeah, we'll throw each other on us, on each other, but it's just not the same. I just don't have that comfort that, you know, we don't have that comfort zone to just, you know, hey, you know, if I just want to smooch with my daughter or whatever, I just don't feel comfortable because it's like, oh, my God, you know, am I, do I have the cooties right now? Or, you know, what's going on with either her or myself? She may go out on occasion. I may go out on occasion. We come back home. It's like, ugh, you know, it's kind of difficult. And with the, the racial inequality, that's something that, you know, we've grown up with all of our life. Um, I have to tell you that I have two beautiful brown girls and I have two beautiful brown grandkids. And it's very concerning to me. Okay. My daughters are all into um, this movement. I am Puerto Rican but their father was African-American. And, you know, and I've, I've shown my girls both of their ethnicities. They know who they are and they know what this fight is about. And I'm just, you know, I'm very afraid. I'm anxious, I'm afraid. You know, I have two growing grandkids one of which is a boy, you know? I would hate for either one of them, for anyone. It doesn't matter who, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing to be discriminated or to be targeted. It's just a horrific thing. Can I, can I ask you a follow-up question to that since we're in a school setting? What role do you see schools playing in, in, in this movement and, and maybe not just BCSM, but just schools? <laughs> What, where do we fit into this? Where do we, where, where do, where does, where's the schools fit into this, um, this situation, in your opinion? Um, well, I think what you guys are doing is a fabulous thing, you know, and I'm sorry that I couldn't be a total part of it. Um, when you guys started, you know, this book club and everything else, um, I think it's a great thing. I think it just has to be part of every curriculum. But not just here. It has to be part of the school system from day one. You know, every kid who comes into school should have their identity and should let people know who they are, where they come from, and share amongst their classmates who they are. You know, why the color of their skin is that color. You know, what, you know, what home life is like for them. Share. How else would we know? How else do we get to know each other? But that has to start from the very beginning, not now. That has to start from kindergarten. That's a really important point. 
you know, and even, but even up, even, even now, you know, if on day one, you know, you meet and greet your classmates, talk about it, talk about yourselves, who you are, you know, why are you wearing that hijab? Why, you know, why are you dressing the way you dress? Why do you look the way you look? Yeah. And I would, I would say I would add on because, you know, there's so much research behind that, that shows how kids and when young kids pick up differences, racial differences, linguistic differences, like all of these things. There's so much research out there that says when they're young is when this starts to harden and solidify, when they start to see and kind of see differences in people. And if we're not picking up on that and leaning into that, like what you're saying, in schools, at kindergarten, pre-K, first grade, if we're not talking about those differences openly and being not hush-hush, you know, um, you know that, that, that's problematic if we are being hush-hush and not being open about that. Because that's when kids are forming opinions about differences in people. Right. So that's a really good point. I really appreciate that you said that. Um, Ms. Fletcher, I feel like we've learned so many interesting things, so many interesting opinions. Uh, one other thing we wanted to know is what's something that BCSM just doesn't really know about you? What's like, do you have a special skill, special talent? Is there anything that we don't know yet? No, you know, I, I have, um, I have somewhat of a bucket list, oh. you know, and, and I, and I said that to you before, you know, I do want a snowbird, you know, when I get to my retirement age, <laughs> I'm real close. I'm closer than you guys. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I do want to snowbird. I'd like to travel. And um, I don't know if I could clap these lights back on. But anyway, um, I love crafting. Okay. I love party planning. And I'm hoping to do that on my retirement. So, so, craft. so tell and us. I, I love music. I like to dance, but now that I have, you know, a semi-bionic knee, it's a little bit challenging for me, you know, but yeah, those are the things that I love most. Oh, man. And I love my son. I love my summers. Mm. No, and and I love my family. And for people can't hear. I mean, they can't hear. Of course they can't hear, but they can't see you right now. And I get to see you just about every day that we're in the building. And I got to give you a shout out with your hair. You got some of the <laughs> best hair and BCSM hands down. You got some, it's smooth. You got a nice little whoosh to it. You got the highlights. It is just, it's right. And I just, I got to give you a verbal shout out for that. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Mr. Palacios. My hair is way better than yours. <laughs> oh, no. The only hair I got is on my face. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I, I actually am like legit curious now. Like how has that hair evolved through the years, Ms. Fletcher? Oh, God. When I was growing up, my hair was past my behind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had the, the thickest ponytail ever. Okay. And once I got to junior high, I begged my mother if I could cut my hair some. So I was allowed to cut it like right above my buttock. Okay. And then it progressively got shorter. <laughs> because it, it became more difficult to manage because I had a thick head of hair and not even the um, the barrettes that the girls used to use at that time would even fit around my ponytail because my ponytail was so thick and I just couldn't manage my hair. So I progressively wow. went short and here I am. Wow. That's wow. crazy. So if we were to tie, let's see, if we turn the clock back, let's say Let's say it's 1990. What was the hairstyle then for you? Um, well, you know what? At that time, I did let my hair grow out. Oh. And I did let it grow out to maybe past my shoulders. Wow. You know, that was a challenge for me. That was really a challenge for me. Wow. Yeah. And then I, you know, I, I started cutting it short again, but like a more bobbed look. But you know what? I, I didn't have time to do my hair and keep my hair. So five minutes, ten, five to 10 minutes, it's all the time that I can spend on my hair. And this is five to 10 minutes. That's not a whole lot like me, except for I'm, I'm at like negative two minutes. 
Your hair journey is very similar to mine. It started off rather long and it's gotten shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, so you may not get to my point where it's just basically a baby's bottom on the top of my head. But we well, have similar hair, hair journeys there, Fletcher. Yeah. Um, actually, when Sade came out, I don't know if you guys know who oh, Sade yeah, is. Sade, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I loved her look. And I let my hair grow a little bit like that. You know, and I had my hair slicked back with the chignon back here, you know, <laughs> and I wore it like that for a little bit, but I couldn't take the long hair anymore. Well, you've landed on a good place with your hair. Trust me. It looks great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I guess let's let's keep this fun thing going. Right. Let's keep this fun thing going. If there's one person, right, one person that you could meet and this could be somebody who's living, could be somebody who's who's dead, who, who is one person that you wish you could just meet? Well, you know, my first instinct would be to say God. Okay. But I know I have him in my life, whether I'm, you know, he's in my life, no matter what. Outside of that, I would say somebody like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Okay. You know, I, I, first of all, I think he's, he's so cute. Okay. <laughs> he's so cute. He's genius to me. Um, he's lived the boast of best, best worlds. You know, he's lived his Latino, Hispanic, Puerto Rican side. He's lived his American dream. He's traveled the world. Um, he's just got so much going for him. And all the people that he is embracing with him is magnificent. That's great. I, I got I got one for you. We, we, we I got a question for you. Do you how do you what I'm just gonna say it. Is it coffee or tea for you? Coffee, are you a coffee person or a tea person? I've never drank coffee. What wow. you mean? I've never, never drank coffee. Wait, what do you mean? Your whole life? My whole life. My my house my household was raised on Bustelo. And you if you know Bustelo, you know that that's um that's some really strong coffee. Yeah, it's like espresso. Yeah. That's it. That's espresso. Right. But no, I never drank coffee. I do drink tea and I drink my tea bland. No sugar, no milk, no lemon, nothing straight up. Wait. So you say your family was raised on basically espresso, Bustelo, but you've never had any? You've never? Nope. I like the smell of it. I love the smell of it. And when my father, uh, well, you guys wouldn't know about this, but Latino people would know about this. When my father used to drink a hot cup of coffee, he'd chunk up some cheese and let it melt in the coffee. Wow. And that's the only way I tasted the coffee. When I would snatch his melted cheese from the coffee cup, <laughs> which was delicious, but I never drank coffee. Wow. Even when you, got, you were grown, you never felt the need to have a cup of coffee? No. Why? Never. That's crazy. Never. And I'm going to go raw. I'm going to go raw here. Even though people have suggested for me to drink coffee to help me go. <laughs> I still haven't drank coffee. Oh <laughs> All right, Wait, now I, I have to ask because when you were talking about the, the, the way you were so adamant about no, no coffee and, the, and also the way that you were saying that you, you drank tea, you were like, oh, straight up, nothing in it. That, ha that, makes, that leads me to the next question, which is, uh, alcoholic beverage of choice. Um, I'm not an alky. I'm not a real drinker, but I do like my vodka and cranberry. There you go. Vodka, cranberry, boom. <laughs> Tea, nothing, boom. No <laughs> coffee, boom. Yeah. Every now and again, I can have a Cuba Libre, but you know the soda. I'm, I'm not drinking soda, so. Wait, wait, you gotta, you gotta cue me in on that. I'm, I'm not a mixologist. I just know, I know. Oh, that's just rum here. and rum and coke. Okay, okay, there you go. Yeah, I learned something new today. I learned something new. I will say this: just going back to your tea time, and I, I, I'm a coffee and my coffee, I take it black, no sugar, negro sin azúcar. Okay. Right there, you know, but I, I can do that. I don't put nothing in it. So you and I, I'm, I'm sensing a lot of parallels in our lives during this conversation. And it's really making me feel good. So, um, but I, I got another question for you. I got a follow up, man. This one, this one's a little bit different. We're going to take it to another place. 
So, Fletch, you are stranded on a deserted island. We're going there. We asked uh, Griffin, I think, this question in the last episode. We like it. We're going to go with it again. You stranded on a deserted island, Fletcher, and you can bring three things with you. Only three. What you bringing with you? I'm bringing water, my sunscreen, and my phone. There you go. There you go. We know you love your son, so you. I do love my son. That's great. That's great. That's cool. Did didn't Griffin say he would bring Shakespeare or something? Like yes, that? he did. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Okay, um, that w- favorite season of the year is summer. I already told you. Yeah. I love my summers. Yeah. I feel free. I feel alive. Yeah. That's that's great. I get my second win in those summer months. And I'm a summer baby. Oh, there you How go. How are you born? May. Cool. Um, well, Ms. Fletcher, if you had the world's attention, right? If everybody was just listening in, everybody came into the main office, the entire world, <laughs> seven billion people. Oh, eight billion of us. <laughs> yeah, terrible wow. social distancing, by the way, in that environment. <laughs> Um, everybody comes into the main office. It's like, okay, we're going to listen to Miss Fletcher for one minute. What are you going to tell them? Wow. Well, I mean, right now in this current climate, vote. Mm. Vote, vote, vote. Yeah, well, I, I, I have my ballot ready, so. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's never been as important to me. And if nothing else, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody, um, if nothing else, one thing that Trump has done is made everyone clearly aware of politics. Clearly. If you didn't follow politics before, you are now. So he has been an eye opener for so many things. And for people like me, who through the years may not have paid a whole lot of attention, I'm paying attention now. So vote. And, and, and how important it is to really stay in touch and stay on top of it because it's part of our future. Yeah. All of these decisions that are being made, whether they were eight years ago, 12 years ago, four years ago, and what's going to be made now is impacting your long-term future and my retirement and, and your and your uh you know your trips down south <laughs> right don't forget that <laughs> right well i guess it's time for our last segment last call for lunch <laughs> that's Dela. <laughs> So this is our last segment. Um, it's called Last Call for Lunch. And so Fletcher, we're gonna have you um, reflect on the on the title of this podcast at the end, uh, asking our guests to kind of reflect on that statement and uh, kind of talk a little bit about for you, what it means to be part of this community, um, what it means to be part of BCSM um, for, the, for the six years that you've been here. Um, and uh, we love to end uh, on this note and so we want to give you the floor to kind of talk a little bit about um, your relationship with BCS. Well, ironically enough, you know, uh, I used to work at 1633, 1633 Broadway. Oh, wow. So when I, when I got here, you know, it was like, wow, 1363. <laughs> and I have to say, when I started here, the street was loaded, loaded with uh, chickens and hens and roosters and all kinds of things. And I just felt like, oh my God, you know, what is this about? But I loved it. It really didn't bother me. You know, all the cockadoodle doing in the morning didn't bother me at all. It yeah, kind of, you know, it's, roosters, boy. Yeah, it, yeah it, it felt like, you know, it felt like a little bit of home, you know? And, you know, and this has been my home for almost six years. So 1363 has been my home for almost six years. Um, I've always liked diversity, and this job is really diverse, which is why I like it here. Um, Every day is a different day. No day is exactly the same. I can't tell you that, you know, here's my to-do list for today and everything's going to be the same. It's not. 
so many different things come to play. So many different incidents come to play. You know, I have one parent today, a different kind of a parent tomorrow. Uh, the next day, he has a parent beating up a kid. You know, it's just everything is different. Okay. But um, I like that. I like different. I like the everyday challenge. And I like to challenge myself to see how much I can accomplish in a day. Although I take my time because you can only do one thing at a time if you're going to do it right, right? You can only do one thing at a time, but I still manage to multitask. I do what I can do and I try to do it, you know, as best as I can do it. And that's what my life is here. Diverse. And, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy working with the parents. I enjoy being, you know, part of a voice for them and trying to give them information and helping people. And especially those people who are unfamiliar with the systems. Well, I'm, I'm just glad that you, you know, your home is here at BCSM and not at corporate America and, and all of that stuff that you did before. I feel like you're just such a warm presence in the office so bright. Like I said, you have great hair. You brighten my day just by with your hair. So, uh, well, you know what? Next week, I'm going to wear it purple then for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Chris. Plus, we got, a re- we got a restaurant recommendation, too. So there you go. Yeah. This weekend. Try it. I, you know, try it. You like try it. Try the pork chops, too. Try it. Do you eat pork? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Try it. You'll like it. Save me some, man. Save me some. Yeah. <laughs> But everything is good there, I have to say. Everything is good there. So when well, you want a little bit of that real Latino Puerto Rican flavor, that's where yeah. you can go. That's great. And thanks for reminding me about the roosters, by the way, the BCSM roosters. I forgot. I miss them. I miss them. Yeah, I really do. I, I'm, oh, man. Actually, I saw one the other day. Did Believe you? Yes, I actually saw one. I don't know if they're coming back or it flew in or what happened, but I hadn't seen one in three years. And I saw one like last two weeks ago. I was like, well, what? If there's still that poultry place on Third Avenue, maybe one escaped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flew the coop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fletcher, we appreciate you being with us, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, we well, hope thank that, you. Yeah, yeah you're Definitely. welcome. You know what? It, it, uh, we don't often get to talk, you know, yeah. in a normal conversation like this. So thank you guys. You know, thank you for making me feel special and for allowing me to be comfortable too. We're all, glad to hear that. All good. Yeah, I'll make sure not to uh, walk on the tracks though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not recommend that now. You know, you know. Listen, when you're a teenager, you're kind of reckless sometimes, and that was back then. Not now. <laughs> All right, Joe. We're going we gonna to get up out of here. Chris, say bye to the folks, man. Thank you, guys. So bye. long from 1363 Fulton Avenue. All right. We'll see you all on the next side. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>